it's happening. We get to chat. Yay. I'm so glad that you said yes to this. I'm so honored that you that you asked and you wanted to hear the story. And honestly, since you asked, I mean, obviously I've been reflecting so much since the surgery, but since you asked, I kind of allowed myself to go a little bit deeper and I'm really excited to kind of see what comes up just by having this conversation with you. Totally. That's so how it works, isn't it? And have you shared this publicly yet, this full story? Um, I have not shared the full story. Um, I did share obviously about my surgery. It was something that felt really in resonance that I wanted to share because I've been so programmed and I think there's so many women that are so programmed that it just felt like a really real and raw situation that I've been dealing with that I felt called to share. I was a little nervous because I do live in Southern California and there are a lot of people that I know, and and we'll get into the story of, of even why I got implants and that whole mess. Um, but I was kind of nervous with sharing and what are people going to think of me? Are they going to think that I'm judging them? If they have implants, I do have clients of mine that have implants. I have good friends of mine that have implants and I never want it to be from a guilt and shame perspective. It's more about, Hey, I didn't know either. Like I, I had them too. I just wanted to give as much information because women aren't given the full information. And I think that's like what I'm kind of like shocked about and and angry but also I I'm not angry anymore I feel like since choosing this procedure has been absolutely divine for me in so many ways and I'm so excited to share that with you guys today oh my gosh yes and it's so fresh too so I can't wait to dive into all of that uh just some context context Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. Um, for the listeners that don't know Jax, I know of Jax through the LUC, which is a the Level Up Collective Mastermind that Michael and I were in for six months, which mm-hmm. your partner, Jeremy, runs. Yes. And I know you do so much behind the scenes for that entire organization. Um, but since day one of connecting with Jeremy through his podcast and going to follow him, I was so drawn to you. Just <laughs> right away, what I, what honestly gave me so much trust to sign up for the LUC was really seeing your relationship and seeing how openly you share. So for those listening, Jax is a badass entrepreneur. And when you follow her, you don't just get business wisdom, but you also get an inside look to the behind the scenes of everything she's passionate about and everything she cares about. One thing that really struck me in recent months when since following you is the way that even you shared about your intimacy journey with Jeremy and with working with an intimacy coach, like I already adored you from afar and just how much you shared and how much you open your heart to the people following along. But then I was like, oh my gosh, the fact that she's willing to talk about business and the most vulnerable things about her in an email, in a post, in her stories. It just, you give everyone a very holistic look at what real life is. And then Mm. you took it even further recently when I saw you sharing about this recent surgery you had to remove your breast implants. Mm. And so I was just so inspired to have Jax on and share her story. So that's, here we are. Um, so that. thank you. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God. 
So do you want to start off with your initial decision to get the implants and what led into that decision in the background? Yeah. And, and it's really interesting. This is kind of like what went, went through my mind after you asked, I kind of like took myself back because it was kind of a journey and a story of programming and then kind of what evolved. So growing up, I grew up in a really small town. I'm from the East coast. I'm from Delaware. So the state alone is really small. And then the town that I grew up in was really small. Everybody knew everybody. So you're essentially kind of like how you grew up, that's how people know you. So unless you move away, that's pretty much from my outside perspective. Now that I have moved away, everyone kind of stays the same. So growing up in the small town, I was always very thin. I just couldn't get away. Like didn't matter what I ate. I was a runner. So I'm just like, you know, losing the calories, trying to gain the weight and nothing ever formed here. And it never really dawned on me. It never was something that I even noticed until the guys started to notice. And then they started kind of planting those seeds. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like not womanly or I'm not girly enough for these men. So that was kind of like my first introduction of thinking I wasn't worthy enough for a man. So that was kind of like the start of hmm, planting that seed a little bit. Um, my mom had C's in seventh grade. <laughs> I was like, where are mine? When are mine going to bust out? I remember she took me bra shopping and it was like, I didn't need a bra, but I just wanted to wear the bra under the clothes. So people would be like, oh, she's wearing a bra. It's like, you know, one of those things growing up. So I remember those times. And then never again, never really desired to get surgery. That wasn't even a thought in my mind. It was just like, oh, wouldn't that be great if one day they started to come out one day and, and, you know, kind of held on hope for that. And then when I went to college, I was a runner for the first year and then I gained the freshman 25, Mm -hmm. but it looked great. It looked so good on me. I, because I grew boobs. I grew a little set of boobs. I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, it, people went through puberty, got their boobs. I ate a lot of, and drank a lot of drinks and there goes my boobs. So that kind of was like the introduction of like, oh my God, there's these little perfect little things on my body. And I was so happy with, with what God gave me. Now years go by, I get into a relationship. I fall in love. I get married. I have my child and didn't really mind the anything that happened with with my boobs after that I was just like oh motherhood I really was just like these are a badge of honor to me the breastfeeding the the engorgement the the release of that and kind of like what you have so it it's interesting this is where the story's like oh I, I really didn't connect this until this reflection recently a year after I had my son I was trying on bathing suits in Target and they have a mirror in front of you and behind you. Why do you do that? <laughs> and I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like seeing me from behind. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what it what what's going on back there? Like I never really looked back there. And I was like, oh my gosh. I and I just started crying. I just just sobbed. I never worked out and I just was always like kind of a thin girl. And I was like, I'm gonna start working out from this day forward. I'm gonna start working out. It became like this new, and it's interesting because I couldn't just decide to do that for my health reasons, I ended up saying, I'm going to start working out to be in a bodybuilding competition. (laughs) It was like the furthest thing from me. And I think that's why I chose to do it. It was kind of like this, oh, 
I cannot imagine being on stage in a thong, <laughs> showing off my muscles. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Wow. So at the same time, my husband and I, at the time, we're no longer together, decided we were going to move across the country to San Diego. So in my mind, I was like, okay, this is a little safer because I'm going to plan a competition out there. So nobody in my family needs to physically go and see my butt cheeks in a thong on stage. <laughs> that felt a little safer for me. So I kind of like dove in and I was going through a lot of postpartum. I had postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, not really diagnosed. Um, when I went to my doctor for it, she wasn't there that day. And this man came in and he was like, Oh, no problem. Here's your script for your, for your Zoloft Lexapro. Here you go. And I was just like, okay. And, and I didn't know. I mean, I, I had no idea idea. I was a nurse at the time. I was like, oh, okay, this is gonna help me. There was no follow-up. There was no, hey, maybe you need to go talk to someone. These these thoughts and these intrusive thoughts and the feelings that I were having were so new. And also your body's trying to heal from delivering a 10-pound baby naturally and just just all of the things. And it's like there was no resources for me back then that now, if I were to have a baby, it would be like such a different experience. So I kind of feel like I got robbed in that sense when, when I had my, when I had my son. So I dive hard into working out. That was my escapism from dealing with the, the feelings of postpartum and anxiety. So when I'm at the gym, all that mattered was me and my gym time. And it became this like sick obsession. It went from like, I would leave my husband at like super early in the morning and go to the gym for like four hours because at that time, nothing mattered. It, 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 I wasn't doing it for, for, to have people look at me. I wasn't doing it for anything else other than literally having that alone time. And then I would drive back home and the, the overwhelm would start, the feelings would start. So it was this like safety for me when I didn't have the resources to really realize what was going on after having my son. Really? So that kind of like, I dove into the, the fitness industry. I was like, Oh, so we're now in San Diego at this time. And I'm like, Oh, I get to make a name for myself. I need to, I get to, everyone knows me back home as this girl. I'm now going to be able to create this woman that I get to step into. So it felt really empowering to be in the space and also still not dealing with my postpartum. So like my son's like a year and a half old. I'm still a stay-at-home mom and loving him. I mean, I'm doing the best I can, but those feelings never went away. It was like we didn't have a, a connection or a bond for years. Mm -hmm. And that killed me. That absolutely killed me. It was like I, I tried everything that I can do. And I spent all day, every day with him. It's not like I ignored him. I, I spent time with him, but never had that like deep connection. So also going to the gym was like, oh, I didn't have to deal with that guilt of like what I was actually experiencing. So fast forward, I end up doing, I think I did like seven or nine shows. I'm not really sure, but when you're in there, so now I'm getting super lean and th this is gone. Yeah. So everyone keeps telling you the programming now in the bodybuilding world, oh, you won't win. You won't go pro if you don't have proportions. Well, you're not going to be proportionate because you have nothing going on up here. You're already a lean girl. Why don't you go and get implants? I mean, it was like every single, I mean, I changed coaches and they would just drop that. 
just they would just I know it's like mind boggling now I'm looking back and I'm like holy shit the deep programming here I'm like it's beyond me it's crazy so I ended up making that decision I was like okay this is a no-brainer I want to go pro what does even (laughs) what does pro mean nothing you get nothing you don't get paid (laughs) unless you like unless you take a bunch of steroids, which I wasn't willing to do that route, you don't get paid for anything. Everyone's like, oh, I'm gonna get sponsored. I'm gonna make all this money and I'm gonna do all this thing. That was not a reality in my world at all. So it was just like this, like, I think I was really just trying to find myself after all of the, everything that I was dealing with, with the postpartum, I was like, maybe some semblance of like connection to myself. Maybe this will, this will be the thing that makes me feel good about myself because everything else I was doing wasn't working. So I get the implants. This was less than four years ago. So not even that long ago. And I instantly regretted it. Really? Instantly. I wasn't one of those girls that was like, oh my gosh, I feel so good with these things. I felt such a disconnect with them in my body. I mean, literally like people would hug me and I'd be like, don't hug me too tight. Like I didn't even want Jeremy to touch them. I was like, I didn't want silicone to, to somehow get into my body. I was terrified of that. I was so scared. And I didn't know about breast implant illness. I didn't know any of that. I just knew that I could not feel my heart as open anymore. I mean, literally there's something compressed on your chest and it just felt like, a part of me has been lost. Wow. It was so scary. It was so wild. And it was a very expensive mistake. And also at the time I didn't have money to just be like, oh, I'm going to go through the surgery again and get them removed. So I just was like, I'm going to just accept these. Like, this is it. I'm going to accept these things and kind of ride it out. And that's kind of what I did for the last four years. And it wasn't until the last few months, I realized, hmm, I'm getting sick all of the time, like all of the time. And you, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar. I live a very holistic lifestyle. Totally. The food we eat is non-inflammatory. The products we use are non-inflammatory. We don't put any toxins on our bodies. Um, just we biohack. We we have all the little things in our house to try to make our lives in the most healthiest way, the water we drink. I mean, literally all of the things. So it really wasn't adding up why I was getting sick so often. So I was like, Hmm, like what is going on? I never wanted to connect these. I I didn't even let that thought be uh, come into my mind. And then I forget, I was talking to a friend of mine and they said, have you ever heard of BII? And I think I heard it before in the past, but not really enough to actually listen to it. Again, the programming so deep. Mm. Oh, well, if a small percentage of people get it, I'm not going to be the one. It's kind of like when you hear about cancer, you don't think it's ever right. going to happen to you or anyone close to you. you. You, of course, won't let that kind of penetrate your aura. Totally. So when they said that to me recently, I was like, hmm, this is interesting. No, I haven't really thought much about that. Let me kind of dive into down the rabbit hole. So I literally that day just went ham. I went crazy into the research about BII. I joined this Instagram 
group and then I joined this Facebook book group and I mean I was just Jeremy was like babe you're getting obsessed and I was like I need to know like you're not sick all the time and you're you're taking the same supplements as me we live in the same house like I need to figure this out like it was it it really felt at this point it was happening so often that I really had a cloud over me like I'm living life just not I wasn't living as me. I felt like I was just living as this like shell of a human. So Mm. I ended up like just saying, you know what? I'm going to just type out my symptoms. I'm going to write out my story, post it on this Facebook page, see if anybody responds. Like maybe someone has like advice for me. No, it's not that. Maybe it's this. And within like an hour, I had so much support from women that experienced the same symptoms um, that assured me if I did get them removed, they would be reversed. And it was like the, this like glimmer, this little glimmer. I mean, I was experiencing this for years and this little glimmer of hope, like, oh my gosh, this could, this could be it. This could be it. So I ended up seeing that my specific type of implant, all implants are toxic. So if you're listening to this, I don't want you to think, well, I have saline, mine aren't like, they, the doctor says if they leak, it's just salt water. Well, yeah. saline, all saline is encapsulated by silicone. Every single type of implant that you have that has ever been made put on the market is toxic. They all have heavy metals in them. They all have chemicals in them. And I found a little, little form that showed me my specific implants, the heavy metals that were in there and the chemicals were in there. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm living this holistic lifestyle, detoxing every single day with these supplements I'm taking. No wonder I'm getting sick. I have this over my heart. I have them laying over my heart. And within less than 24 hours of diving into this information, I had found the surgeon. I had made the call. I scheduled the surgery without even making the consult first, just to get on the books. I mean, I was like, you know. Let's, yeah. I mean, I, my intuition was like, this is it. This is it. You're going to get your life back. This is it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that was just, so how many weeks before that was before you got the surgery, which you just Six had the surgery. Weeks. Okay. Two and weeks ago today. Two weeks ago today. <laughs> two weeks ago today. Yeah. I, yeah, I scheduled it the earliest they had. So it was six weeks prior to, it was six weeks from the call was the soonest they had. So it was like, I mean, bam, bam, bam. And I was just like, I just had so much hope. Um, and also a lot of fear. I think mm-hmm. any type of surgery is a really scary thing to go under anesthesia. You're trusting these men, humans, women to just like, you're in your most vulnerable state. You are under, you have no idea what's going on. And you're kind of just like putting your trust out there. So the research that I did in regards to surgeons, and this is something that's like really, really important. If you are considering this, you want to ensure that you find a surgeon that does the on block procedure. And what that is, is they don't just go in and they remove the implant. They remove the capsule that forms around the implant when you get implants to protect you from the implant. Most plastic surgeons will not remove the capsule, which is so crazy to me because it's like, you're essentially, what you're doing is you're removing the trash and you're leaving the trash bag in your body. (laughs) It's like the best way to put it. So they leave it in there. And then they're finding that women are continuing with their symptoms because what ends up happening is the silicone leaks from the implants and then gets kind of stuck in their capsule. Mm -hmm. And then doctors are like, oh, that's not, 
that's not a problem. Leave them in. We don't need to re remove them. But I think what what's ends up happening is the on-block procedure is pretty risky because the capsule forms against your ribs and your intercostal muscles. And that is where your lungs are attached. So it's a very risky procedure because they actually have to like be right up against your lung to be able to remove the capsule. So I can see for their standpoint <laughs> for risk procedure, they don't want to remove that because it's so close to your lung, but they're leaving in toxins and chemicals in these women's bodies. So there's only, uh, there's a list that you can find and there's only a few that do it in the United States. So I made sure that I found a doctor that did this on block procedure. That was like a absolute, if I'm going to go through this, I'm going to do this the right way. I don't want to go back in and have to like, God forbid you wake up from surgery and you realize nothing has changed and you just put yourself through that. It's like, I, I could not even imagine doing that. So that is a huge piece of removing your implants is doing this on block procedure. Oh my God. Um, so leading up to the surgery, I had, again, I'm just getting, I'm getting sick and I'm, I'm doing all the things to try to get my body to stay healthy. Cause I did not want to reschedule the surgery. So I'm doing cold showers every day. I'm taking vitamin C three, three to four times a day. I'm doing, I'm taking all of my supplements. I'm really being diligent about staying up with it. And then four days before my surgery, I start the sickness feeling. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no, like this can't be happening. Like this can't. And I really just was like, okay, your mindset has to stay so good right now. Like you cannot allow yourself to spiral. Cause every time I get sick, I don't just get sick. Like normal people. I'm like on the couch for seven to 11 days. Like I literally can't do anything. It, it was like, that's why it was so annoying. It's like, okay, you get sick here and there. That's not a big deal. It's like, no, this was like rocking my world. I'm a mother. I run several businesses. I could not be tied up like that. So I'm like, oh my gosh, if this knocks me out and then I get the surgery, which is, you know, going to affect my immune system. Like, what is that? How's my recovery going to be? And I was like, don't stop it. Stop it with your mind. Like, so I just was doing like affirmations. I was like, your body can heal itself. I mean, every, every day in the mirror, several times in the mirror, I was like looking at myself, talking to myself and sure enough, leading up to the surgery, it was kind of, it was staying at bay. I was doing all my things and the morning of, I felt pretty good. So I was like, okay, we're, we're good to go. This is happening. I did have, <laughs> Uh, an energy reading and an energy clearing a few days before my surgery, just because I was so nervous. And it, it was a girl in my mastermind and she reached out and she said, Hey, I really want to just like gift this to you. I, you know, I, I, I see that you're, I'm sure nervous and anxious about this procedure. I would love to just gift this with you. And I was like, Oh, okay. Love that. Sure. I'm fully receive. I'm working on fully receiving. So I was like, yes, please. I receive that. And when she did the body scan, her spirit guide stopped right over my chest and there was a black octopus sucking on my heart. I know I was like, Whoa, oh my gosh. And she, her spirit guides removed it. And it was like eating away at my, my heart and my life force. And she threw it and my spirit guide, which was a Fox ate it. Well, savage. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh. And then it moved, this medicine man came and like put some salve over my heart and, and put some green light. So for my heart chakra. And then when she moved down to my solar plexus, there was a dead fish that was kind of like leeching off of my solar plexus. And it's kind of interesting. Cause it's like, 
that's your, your confidence. Right. And it's like, well, why did I get these thinking I needed them for my confidence? So it was kind of an interesting when she was going over this and afterwards she was like, I'm just letting you know, I keep coming through that you're pregnant. And I was like, stop. No, she was like, not with a baby, but there's something that you are about to birth into the world. Like there's something abundant that you're about to birth into the world. And at this time, because I've been so sick for the last few months, I have been so blocked creativity wise, Mm -hmm. abundance wise. I mean, you name it. It was just like, it does not, it did not matter what I did. It did not matter the amount of meditations I did, the affirmations I did. I was doing all the things, tapping affirmations, meditating dailies, taking stillness practices, going for walks. I mean, I was doing all the things and it just literally felt like I said, like a, like a black cloud was over top of me and it was just kind of following me. So that was like what I was experiencing for many, many months. So this surgery was like, kind of putting all of my eggs in one basket. I was like, I don't know what's going to come out of this. Even if it is just releasing what's no longer serving me, I'm going to be happy. But I did not expect what happened after. (laughs) And this is where we are. (laughs) Okay. So So, ready for you? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So when I woke up from the surgery, it was a lot of pain. It was very uncomfortable. I hate anesthesia. I think it is just awful what it does to your body, but obviously that's what you need to do to make yourself knocked out. So for two days, it was pretty rough. The first two days were pretty rough for me Um, with the anesthesia in my body. I did end up taking pain pills. Um, I listened to my body. I was like, you know what? I'm so anti-pharma, but this is the time to take it. And then when I woke up that third day, I was like, you know what? I feel good enough that I'm going to stop everything. I stopped everything, but the antibiotic, I actually really didn't want to take the antibiotic, but I, I had a natural path that I hired right before. And she encouraged me to take the antibiotic because she was like, not because of your body, but because of the surgeon and tools and things like that. And you never know what's going to be inside of you. She was like, so please take the antibiotic. And then she recommended this, um, really good probiotic that she wrote like me a script for. So I was like, okay, I'm good. This is, I'm okay. I'm going to take it. I just, I really hate taking pharma. I just want to relay that message. I am like, if I have a headache, I will not take Tylenol. I will not take Advil. I literally will take charcoal or magnesium, drink lots of water. I am just an all natural girl. So that was like, it was a lot because there was a lot of pills I had to take over the course of these, these few days. And that was like really, really hard for me, my ego. And just like, Oh, this feels really crappy to do. But I was like, okay, just trust. Like, this is what, this is best for you. And your body knows exactly how to get rid of them after they do its thing. So day three, I had stopped everything, but the antibiotic finally had a bowel movement. That was like a game changer because all of the pills just sitting in your body. And you're just like, this feels like this feels like absolute crap. So once things were moving, I started getting this energy about me. And it was so interesting because Jeremy and I are, he took care of me so great for the first week and kind of, he, he would work here and there, but he would come downstairs and just be with me. And my energy was how I describe it was I got my childhood essence back. It's the best way to describe it. I literally feel like and, and it was kind of cool that the energy work, how that aligned, because I felt like something was gone. There was something that just 
is gone and my life force was in full force. I've never experienced this before. I haven't felt like this in several years and it makes sense. I've had the implants for almost four years. I really haven't felt like this within those four years. And it was like this beautiful feeling of like, oh my gosh, like I'm really coming back to me. And it wasn't something that I feared like, oh, is this just temporary? No, it's gone. It's like limiting beliefs went away. My, my dark cloud went away. Abundance started coming in. This cloud went away and it was like, whoa, I was flooded with creativity, flooded with creativity. And every single day just continues to get better and better. And the coolest part is I'm in love with my body. And I did not do the surgery to give zero shits about my body. I literally went in and I was like, you're going to be all scarred up. You got crazy scars going on. I did not care about that. What I cared about was my health. And to have that, to be able to look in the mirror and be like, what cute little, cute little cuties you got now. Like it was just like a, like God was just like, you know what? You've been through enough. We're going to give you some cute little boobs to go with it. (laughs) And it was just like such a, I just feel like every single thing that happened since I chose to make, to, to do the surgery has been absolutely divine and profound. And, and my life is never going to be the same, literally mm-hmm. never going to be the same. My relationship, even though it's gotten, it was just so beautiful with all the intimacy work we've done and have continued to do it changed because he started seeing me in, in more of my light. Cause when you're sick for a long time, it's hard not to, to kind of sit in your shit. It's really hard not to fall victimhood because it's like, and it wasn't like I never, I ever tried to put that out on him or put that on my son. But when you're laid up for seven to 11 days, it's hard. It's like, I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me, but also don't expect much from me in the next couple of days. And that was really, really hard because I naturally have a lot of energy. If you guys can tell, I don't drink caffeine. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do anything. This is like, this is, I've only, I think I only got five to six hours of sleep last night. This is my natural energy. And that was not what I was experiencing before. Wow. It would be like sleepy, sluggish and sick all the time. And so this is just like, I am just so grateful. I, I thank God every single day that I, came into this information and was blessed with the doctor, Mm. how he did the procedure, how he took care of me, how, I mean, I literally was just like, after the procedure, I went in for my post-op and he was like, oh, did I ever send you your pictures from the procedure? And I was like, pictures, what pictures? Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, let me, let me airdrop them to you. He took pictures in the surgery. So another thing that he does, which I really, really like about him is he shows you your chest muscle with no capsule. He wants to prove to you that there is not a piece of capsule left in your body. So he takes pictures in every angle to prove to you. And that is huge because a lot of doctors won't do that. So how do you know? How do you know you're really just like trusting that that is, well, I hope like, I hope they got everything. And he literally will prove to you with the pictures and just seeing the pictures. I mean, it was, it was major surgery. And I looked at him and I was like, oh my God, you do this for a living. This is insane. And he was like, "Uh uh-huh. I'm just like, you're magical. Like, thank you so much. He just, I, Dr. Luke Swiston, I just want to give him a shout out because he just, the amount of time that he spent with me in the 
pre-op, not even the pre-op, the consult, he spent two hours with Jeremy and I. Two hours. I've never even heard of anything like that. He answered every question. He went into every single symptom that he's ever seen with BII. He let me know every symptom that he saw reversed from his patients with BII. To me, that was like going above and beyond. And he's not the typical plastic surgeon. He also does place implants, but he doesn't like to. He actually tries to talk his patients out of them. He said in 2022, he tried to talk every single person out of implants. He only placed eight pairs and he removed over 800. <gasps> wow. I was like, there's surgeons out there like you. So after he said so that, bad. I was like, he's my guy. I was like, this is my guy. This is, this is the explant guy. I want someone that is, I didn't care again about like reconstruction. I didn't care about what they looked like. I cared about someone that knows this procedure inside and out and that does it all the time. So he was he was my go-to guy. Wow. That is a lot of explants. First of all, like 800 in a year. That's yeah. Over two a day. That's crazy. Crazy. I'm just covered in angel bumps, chills, like <laughs> your entire story. And just want to honor you for your courage Thank to you. go through all of that. And then now just two weeks later to be willing to share it and be so transparent. Thank you so much. Of course. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It was the best. It was the best gift I could have given myself. I did it one week before my birthday and I had drains up until my birthday. I got my drains removed the day before my birthday. And it just felt like I didn't even care about presents. I didn't care about gifts. I was like, this is all I care about. When you don't have your health for so long, there's nothing that matters beyond that. There's nothing that matters beside your health. And it's interesting because he even said to me with the way that you're living your lifestyle, imagine how sick you would be if you didn't live that lifestyle. Yeah. And I thought about that. He's like, you're probably compensating so much. He was like, your body probably has been fighting you for so long, but because you keep filling it with the right things, you're kind of keeping it at bay. So I see all of these women that are experiencing autoimmune dis disorders, Lyme's disease, they're going into joint pains. There's so many different issues that BII gives. And my symptoms were kind of not the, the similar symptoms that most women have. That's why, again, was another thing of like, I don't know if that's it. Like, I don't have, I don't have all of this, but the, the, the constant fevers and sickness was just like so frequent infections basically in my body. My body was just like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna throw you into another sickness. We're gonna throw you into another sickness. Wow. And every time I got sick, and I didn't notice this over the course of the four years, but closer to the end, I was really trying to be really in tune with myself. And I would feel heat coming from my like behind my implants. So my fevers were like also right here. And to me that was really telling. I was like, hmm, interesting. Yes. But I never had pain. That's why it's like, you could have issues with your implants without having issues with your implants. There totally. was no pain. There was no contracture. Um, they're not hard. They were not, they, there was nothing visually that looked wrong. They looked great. There was nothing that that's why I think a lot of my friends, when I first brought it to them, they were like, Oh, I don't think that's it. And it's like, Oh Yeah. And then they realize afterwards, they're like, okay, you're like a completely different person. I don't know what. And now some of my friends are looking into getting theirs explanted, which is 
so Mm -hmm. powerful. It's like, since I started to talk about this and really post about my, the, the, the post-op, I've had several women reach out to me and tell me they were looking to get implants. And because of my story, they're not going to do it anymore. And to me, that was everything that's like, okay, you're doing the right thing by sharing this. Like, Mm-hmm. just keep it up. Like, I'm sure there's people that are triggered. I know there's people that are triggered. You don't want to hear this stuff. I wouldn't want to hear this stuff if I didn't have any issues and I had implants, but it's more about at some point, it's not about, will they cause you issues? It's a fact of when, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. It's like, when you put a foreign body in your body, what do you think is going to happen? Totally. Know. You know? And I, I, I like, wouldn't, I wish like four years ago, me, and it's so interesting because I was just starting my awakening four years ago. I had met Jeremy. Jeremy and I were dating. So imagine Jeremy's girlfriend getting implants. He was like, hey, I really don't think you need them. He he tried to talk me out of them. We were pretty new to dating. And I was like, you don't understand. It's what I've always wanted to do. It's something I want to do. Like, you're not going to. And he was like, okay. Like, he was like, all right, this is, I'm not going to talk this girl out of it. She seems very very about it. And it was like, the programming was so deep that even when the love of my life was like, Hey, I don't want you to get them. I personally think you look perfect. I don't think you need them. And it it was like, I wasn't doing it to get attention from anyone else. It was for me. Yeah. But like, look what I did to myself because of doing this for me. It's like all of the problems that were created from choosing my ego's desire over my soul's desire. For sure. I know that's so fascinating. And I almost, I do hear a lot of women say, well, it's okay that I got them because I didn't do it for anyone else. I got it for me. It was a gift to myself. (laughs) And it's really interesting. And you said something, I think it was on your birthday. Jeremy had posted um, a photo of you guys and saying like, happy birthday, birthday to the queen of my reality. And you said at the bottom, something about how you can feel, I couldn't see it completely. It was like something about how you can feel the connection and the love more than ever. Like you can feel your heart more than ever. Yes. Yes. And that really stuck out to me because I've actually never heard anyone talk about it, but intuitively I've always wondered. And years ago when I was working with a shaman consistently, he actually told me that he has like walked hundreds of women to get those removed. Um, Mm. But he never said why he just said that, you know, it's really detrimental to the body. And in, and I'd had this instinctive feeling that the heart chakra is like almost when I'm interacting with someone, I can sense that the heart chakra isn't fully open or there or present. And so I'd love to just hear you riff on that a little bit. And it's been two weeks, but like, I've seen so much possibility for you Mm -hmm. to now be in this experience. Yeah. I feel like I felt that pretty much once the initial anesthesia and pain pills were out of my system, that's when I really started to feel this. So Jeremy and I, we were, we were so playful that week. It was this, it was so interesting. He's like, I don't feel like you had major surgery. You're just so playful. I never complained. It's like, yes, the first two days again, were rough and you're just like doing your best. But after that, it was just like, I had in this intuitive feeling that this is going to crack me open. And that's what I'm experiencing right now. And it's interesting. And if we want to go into 
six foot distancing. Let's just kind of drop yeah. that. A big reason of why that is, is because your heart chakra really goes that distance. Totally. Yeah. So if you are placing something over your heart, a foreign object over your heart, what do you think that's doing to your availability of your heart to be able to feel? And I'm like a deep lover. Like I love so deeply. It's been a gift and a curse my whole life. Since healing codependency, I see that it's actually a gift that made it more of a, of a curse for me growing up of trying to attach to any man to try to love me. And now that I'm in this healthy relationship and have healed the codependency, and we really have an interconnectedness within our relationship, I love so deeply, and I can feel that love radiating from me now. Before it was almost a, I remember feeling that love before. So it's by memory acting that out, but I didn't actually feel that over the last four years. Now that I'm like experiencing what I'm experiencing now, I'm like, I don't feel like that's what I felt. So Jeremy and I's relationship has been that experience. So I'm like, even the last two weeks of us just being around each other has been so powerful for us. And the love just continues to grow and grow and grow so much so that our, our intimacy coach that we see, we were seeing her every Thursday. And then we went to bi-weekly and she was like, um, I think you guys are ready to graduate. And I was like, you're, you're firing us. I was like, but we love you. I was like, I was like, I just like to come to you just because it feels so good to be seen and heard and to have someone, you know, be able to, to offer different perspectives and different lenses. And, and she was like, your spirit is fully out now. She was like, this is a different energy than I've ever experienced from working with you. And we've been working with her since last August. Wow. So to be able to have someone that, you know, knows me, but also obviously on an intimate level, mm. other than my friend or, or my partner, be able to share that. I was like, that's exactly what I feel. Mm. I feel like my heart is blasted open. I still have my boundaries. It's not like it's blasted open and I'm, something's going to hurt me. I still have my energetic boundaries in full force and I'm able to love and also receive now. Mm. It's this like this new kind of error for me, this new upgraded error that I'm experiencing that is super fun to navigate because every single day, I just don't, I don't even know what's, what's going to happen that day, but it's perfect. It's just, everything is perfect. Mm -hmm. Even when it's not, it is because that's how life is meant to be. So yeah. it feels like I released this like this octopus leeching off my heart is, is like a perfect metaphor is like exactly how I felt. And, and it was like sucking on my, on my heart chakra. And I just feel like so blessed to be on this other side. And I, I can't believe it's only been two weeks. Like it's, yeah. it kind of shocks me. My, my mom will call from, she lives on the East coast and she's like, you're driving. What are you doing? Drive. He goes, like, Mom, I'm fine. I can drive. Yes. <laughs> she's like, you can turn the wheel. And I'm like, I can turn the wheel. Like, if you turn the wheel, <laughs> I can't like you, like I kind of T-Rex arms. I can't, I'm not supposed to like reach overhead yet or do any, hold anything super heavy. Yeah. Everything else I can do. I, I'm cooking dinners every single night. I'm hugging my people. I'm, I'm loving, I'm receiving. It's just been the greatest decision of my entire life thus far. Oh my gosh. And you're just, you're radiating and your passion is just coming forward so strong. So I just know that this is going to impact so many women. I know that this, you truly did for you. 
I know you truly did it for you and it will impact so many. And um, so the last question, other than anything else you want to share is welcome, but you mentioned the octopus, you mentioned the, she, this woman mentioned you're pregnant. And Mm -hmm. so it's not like just your create your, your heart open, but it's that creativity sounds like Mm -hmm. it just has been blossoming lately. And Yeah. Do you have anything you want to share about that? And I'm also curious is, are you considering having a child again, or is that something that you feel complete with? Like, has that conversation changed since getting these out? Great question. Um, so, so the birthing, I'll start with that one, the birthing question. Um, when I was healing, I had a very clear download that the name of my mastermind was not in resonance with what I actually do for my members. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like the first birthing change for me was changing the name of my mastermind and changing a few things within it. And that felt so in resonance with where I'm going. The, in the sense of having a child, I think because of my postpartum and my postpartum depression and anxiety, That was something that I feel like robbed me of wanting many, many children. Um, And I really had to do a lot of healing with that. I have done so much work, so much inner healing, inner child healing, reparenting myself, therapist, you name it. I've done a lot of healing in that. And I really feel complete in the family that we have, me, Jeremy, and my son, Jackson. Um, I've talked to Jeremy before because it's not something I want to take away from him. He is very adamant. He does not want children. So sometimes I'll drop it. Cause I'm like, I'm getting older. I'm older than him. I'm seven years older than him. So I let him know like, Hey, if this is something that you're open to, just let me know within the next couple of years, like, yeah. just let me know because I don't want to be a super old mom if it happens. And also I just want to make sure that the pregnancy would be healthy and the baby would be healthy. Um, my best friend just had a baby nine months ago. So that has literally changed me in so many ways. I was there throughout her whole pregnancy. She's a single mom. She moved away from Costa Rica. Her baby daddy is, is not in the picture. So I get to kind of be this parent role that I was really excited to see how I would react with him. So I was there for her birth. I got to experience him coming out, home birth, water birth, so beautiful, such a different experience than my hospital birth. It was perfect. And I got this connection with him right away. And which tells me that that is possible if I were to one day have a child. Uh, And and me and him have this beautiful connection and I watch him every other week. Lately, I can't because I can't hold him for the last couple of weeks, but every other Friday I babysit him and he's my little squish. And I... And I get to experience this parenting role that I feel like kind of was robbed for me and I get to watch him grow up. So I feel like, I feel like, I feel like now I can say that we're complete. Listen, God works in mysterious ways. And if I am meant to have a child and my partner and I are meant to have a child together, that is going to happen no matter what. And I'm, I am open to that happening. We would figure that out financially. We would be just fine. I would figure it out emotionally. (laughs) Everything would be fine. Um, I'd have to deal with these going to shit again. Um, So right now I am feeling pretty complete. Um, My son is so amazing and independent. And while he has a wonderfully developing ego that we get to, to witness, um, he wakes himself up. He makes himself breakfast 
Mm. I come downstairs, make his lunch for school, love up on him. And then we have dinner together at the end of the night. It's like Mm. to think about starting over and not sleeping is like, do I really want to do that? It is. It's not easy. Being a parent is not easy. And again, if that is meant to happen full force, we will figure it out. And I would love to love to do that. If that was, if that was in the cards for me. Aw, amazing. Well, clearly you're surrendered to the mm-hmm. divine plan. Totally. And we'll see what happens. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to share with the listeners about you, about your journey, about this specific story? And then of course, sharing with them um, where they can find you, how they can connect with you, how they can work with you. Sure. Um, I think the last piece that I want to share is everyone's journey is different. And if my story resonates with you, I really hope it's from a place of coming home to yourself instead of choosing the lens of guilt or any shame. I never want anyone to feel in those lower states. Those are such lower vibrational states to be in. And I had to kind of go through that. Like, Hey, I did this to myself. Like there was also this piece of like, a part of me didn't want to share the story because I didn't want people to be like, oh my God, I feel so sorry for you. You chose to get implants and they made you sick. Like there was this weird piece energetically of like, do I really, do I really share this? But it was like the, the opposite thought was how many people I can help not have to experience this or give them hope if they are experiencing this, that there is life and so much light on the other side of this. So if you are experiencing, first of all, the, the beauty industry is a $500 billion a year industry. So don't take on shame and guilt. There are marketing geniuses to make you think that you are less than, that you are not worthy enough, that you have to do this, that, and the other to feel worthy enough, to be beautiful enough for a man to love you. And none of that's true. My partner thinks I'm the most beautiful when I don't wear makeup. When I'm in sweatpants, sometimes he's like, can you change all those damn sweatpants? <laughs> but it's funny because when I do wear a full face of makeup, he's like, I don't really like what's going on with this. He was like, you look like, what, what's going on here? He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. So you can meet your person if that is something that you're experiencing. If you're looking for the love of your life, it doesn't have to be strictly from the external remember that you are so much more than your looks Mm -hmm. there is a soul inside of you that is screaming to be seen and when you finally choose to remove those masks that can come out in full force and also remember we will wrinkle we will age can we accept this celebrate it even more seriously I'm like let's go we got another one I got my first gray hair I found (laughs) on my birthday I was like the first gray hair like, and old me would cry. And it's like, I, I, I'm finding myself embracing aging so much more now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll hear my friends talking again, I'm in Southern California. There is so much programming and I have to stop them. Some of them will pick themselves apart. And I'm like, listen, I love you so much. You are beautiful. I also don't want to receive and take this on. Cause I don't want to think that I need to do anything for myself anymore. Yeah. And it's hard because it's like, I don't want to cut cut these people off. But also like at some point, I I find myself pulling away sometimes if there's, if they're just talking about the external, because it's like, 
That is such a, you're a, a meat suit. You're totally. a meat suit. There's so much more inside of you that gets to radiate out. And it's so crazy because I feel like I find myself so much more beautiful, whatever that feels like. And it's a feeling like I feel more beautiful now than I ever have. And it's when I stopped all of those like societal things that made me feel like I had to do them to be beautiful. Exactly. And I look back, I'll like go back to pictures or I'll go back in my archives. and I'm like, oh my gosh, cringe. I was just trying to be something that someone told me I had to be to be accepted. And that doesn't land with me anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, want to be me I want to be all of me and I'm weird I am quirky I am silly and I think that's so potent to be able to show up as your full self for sure oh I'm so glad you hit on that because (laughs) it's just so ingrained in us that aging is a negative thing and any signs of aging are scary to be scared of it you know Michael and I have even like uh, hinted at potentially moving back to SoCal, like just little, like, we'll see, but just yeah, to be, have to be friends. <laughs> we, we've like, it's just been showing up lately. And the one thing that pops in is like, Oh my God, like I I'm almost nervous because I, I know I'm so sensitive and I yeah. grew up in a household that was like, what you look like is literally what matters most. Same. <laughs> so Same. I was almost like, oh my gosh, to go back to SoCal, like what that would mean. And yet at the same time, like, how can we just like you're doing, like just radiate in our natural essence and also start celebrating like elders need to be celebrated. Right. And the wisdom that comes with that. And so as we go through these transitions, how can we be embodied in that example to be like, no, I actually appreciate the fact that I'm aging. I'm celebrating that. And yeah. yeah. So that just feels really good that you're speaking to that and living that and just being an example. And it's interesting. I wanted to mention after you said that about SoCal, I notice now the more embodied I am in my authenticity, I'm not running into those people or the people that want to do these things. And and when I do, I, I genuinely send them love because I've been there. I've been there and I know what it feels like to think that you have to do these things to receive love, attention, a man, a woman, anything, you know, like the, the, it's, it's so sad to think that people think that those things equal love. It's like, that doesn't, it's not real. If someone likes you because of these externals, that's not love. That's very conditional, very conditional. I know. And it's funny because for me having someone like, just like with Jeremy, you know, Michael is just so like, only once my natural, like that's what he appreciates the most. And so it's almost like with friends that it shows up the most now, because I know that my man is just like good, but it's like Uh, this societal expectation of like, Oh, are they judging me? Are they going to think I gained Mm -hmm. weight or think it's just like so crazy how we do that with other women even and go into comparison. So Mm -hmm. to hell with it. But (laughs) (laughs) sharing with others, um, everyone, how they can find you and how they can interact with you and work with you. 
Yes, I am uh, on Instagram at Jack Swimmer. Um, I do one-on-one private coaching and I also do a mastermind. I run a mastermind. It's called the Expansive Leader Mastermind. It is conscious business building and self-mastery. So if you're looking to build, grow, or scale your business and you are a conscious woman, I work with women only. I am your girl. Go ahead and check it out. Um, And we also do so much more for personal development and just stepping more into your power and your authenticity. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I will link all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much, sister. This was very meaningful to me that you shared yourself here and can't wait for everyone to hear it. And just also to stay connected, um, just sending you so much love on this continued integration and healing and just, yeah, shine on. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so, so much. Talk to you soon. Thank you, love. Bye. Bye.